Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good to see you, Dr. Paul. Good to be back in the studio. Oh, got you back. It's yeah. uh, sad that you had to make such a long trip, yeah. but uh, we're glad you made it back here. We, we were planning and still planning to talk about this major event going on about the analysis of the last presidential election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is so, sort of fascinating. <clears throat> it doesn't surprise everybody. Everybody knew some of this uh, corruption that existed, but some real evidence came out. So I would have to admit, <clears throat> I keep arguing, there's not too much difference between the two parties, but there is a little bit. Yeah. And I think Jim Jordan is not a Democrat. Yeah. And he pursued it and got some really strong evidence. But we'll talk about that. But there was a flash of news here just a couple of yeah. minutes ago that sort of is a surprise, if nothing else. Uh, and that is Tucker out at Fox. Yeah. See, wow. I wonder how many people predicted it yesterday. Yeah. You know, I don't think there was any whispers that, oh, that Tucker better watch out. He might get fired. <clears throat> But Tucker, Tucker has his own story, and he's he's not going to get fired from the public view, and the people are still going to be interested. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, it did come up rather suddenly, and you wonder how. I think his show was doing pretty well. Yeah. I think it was catching <laughs> on. But then again, how do you figure this all out? But uh, there'll be a lot of speculation, and it might it might take a day or two to hear all the rumors and everything that went on. Yeah, someone referred to it as an earthquake, and I would say definitely an earthquake. I mean, I don't know if it's ever happened in history without some sort of major scandal that a person has the number one news program in the entire country and has had it for years, uh, and if he was fired and is fired for it, I mean, it's unprecedented. Certainly, I mean, usually when you're successful in a business yeah, right. and you make a lot of money for your company, well, you actually do better um, rather than get fired. So, you know, we can't really speculate. We don't know what's behind it. Um, I think maybe you mentioned it a second ago that maybe he'll even make more money outside of Fox News nowadays because we see a lot of independent journalists making successful goes at it. I, I don't think he's going to live in poverty. No, I don't <coughs> think so. Maybe he'll come. Maybe we'll get him to speak at our conference yeah. <laughs> about new, about censorship. That would be a good one. There you go. <clears throat> okay, well, let's go and talk about something else about uh, what's going on. It has to do with uh, the last uh, presidential election and the laptop, the famous uh, yeah. uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. And it turns out that the evidence is pretty strong. And Jim Jordan, I think, gets the credit for getting this out and documenting what was going on. And uh, we also had some comments about about this episode, incident is Matt Taibbi yeah. has an interesting take on this, and I think very objectively, but it sure paints a different picture, and uh, <clears throat> I can't see how anything like this hurts Trump. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's not exactly what Trump was saying, but he said there was corruption about, and uh, it looks like uh, it was. I don't know whether you have absolute proof of corruption, but there's a lot of hanky-pink going around there, which, uh, which, which was using, using lies and putting out information. And uh, I think this is, uh, is going to be turning out to be big news, and uh, we'll just see what happens. But I, I, I do think that, uh, that the president's 
is going to be dragged into it. And, and I think Taibbi was the one that compared it to Watergate. Yeah. He says, this is so much bigger if certain things happen. He didn't make the declaration, but if, it, if ABC occurs, this is much bigger than, uh, than, than Watergate. But I think we've heard that statement already by people who uh, thought what was going on was pretty big. And uh, compared to Watergate, it wasn't, uh, uh, you, you know, the, uh, <coughs> it, it was a lot bigger than what Watergate was. Yeah, and interesting, ironically, I think you covered this too in your piece today, is that the same media that colluded to keep the story of Hunter Biden's laptop off of our view are now colluding to keep the story of them keeping the story out of <laughs> our view. That is amazing. So they're doing their best. So you say it's going to be big. And I know that you're right in a normal world, but this is so far from a normal world. They're so desperate to hide the fact that what happened, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers know this very well, but essentially here's what happened. It's, a, it's just a couple of weeks before the election. Hunter Biden's laptop gets out there. The, the New York Post does an article on it. And Blinken, who now is our Secretary of State, but then he was a senior official on the campaign, he calls up his old buddy Mike Morrell, who uh -huh. was acting director of the CIA and a career CIA officer who viscerally hated Trump. He said that he lied and said that Trump was an agent of Putin. So this guy has it in for Trump, and he also still has ambitions uh, to head the CIA properly, not just as acting director. So Blinken calls up and says, hey, we got a problem here. We've got this New York Post story out. Hunt, I guess Hunter's in trouble. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the stuff he's up to. You wouldn't believe the stuff that my boss is up to. We need to do something about this. And apparently, according, and we, and we have some of the transcript, according to the transcript, Morrell then got an idea. Hey, I know what we can do. I can call up my buddies in the deep state and we can bury this thing just like we bury the bodies when we have a coup overseas. So they, like, they write this letter, 51 former members of the intelligence community, sign it with their titles, and there you go. It kills the story. You know, we're assuming this is probably true and it'll, it'll be in the news and it's going to be part of history. But isn't it amazing? He didn't call up two or three people that he thought he had special favors that he owed. Fifty of yeah, them. Yeah. So it's ingrained in the whole system. And they, of course, are all uh, related. Not all, but it's very, it's very much uh, the CIA is involved, which is uh, fitting into my scenario that the coup has already occurred and it's continuing. And the coup... And the CIA is usually involved in our foreign policy, our domestic policies, assassinations, the whole works. But this this won't be enough. I wanted to make one comment about something like that uh, that Taibbi uh, wrote uh, because he was comparing censorship uh, along with the Biden, Biden campaign yeah. and, and and the corruption there. And he's here, <coughs> he makes the comparison. He says, the seriousness of the actual laptop story, at least what's been disclosed so far, is still not clear. Yeah. So he's cautious. I've long thought the suppression of it by Facebook and Twitter had clearer import, being a historic censorship first. However, if it can be proven that the Russian disinformation whopper has laid on the table at the behest of the Biden campaign with the aid of the intelligence community, that escalation escalates things to a new level of scandal far above the censoring issue. Yeah, so he nails that's it. his fair warning and that people ought to pay attention. And yet, like you say, they're still saying they're using the same people to cover up the story. Yeah. Kill that story. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm afraid they'll get around to killing people, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, those 50 members certainly should be ashamed of themselves. Um, they didn't do their due diligence. Some of them, I'm sure, were happy to help. Michael Hayden, of course, who viscerally hates Trump. Uh, you don't have to love Trump to say that this was wrong. You know, all of these people are guilty of manipulating the elections, you know. They do the very same thing that they claim the Russians do, which is to put out disinformation to manipulate the American voters. Well, Jordan, as you pointed out earlier in your statement, uh, is doing something to get to the bottom of this. And this whole thing came out because there was a private deposition of Mike Morrell, private interview with the committee, the uh, Judiciary Committee, where he admitted these things. And this is why we're talking about it. Um, and maybe it's a little bit of revenge because he thought he was going to be CIA director and he didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Blinken got his plum job for doing this whole thing. Morrell didn't. Put this up because here's the letter that Jordan put out at the end of the week last week. And this is where most of this info is contained. Uh, he sent a letter to Tony Blinken asking him to clarify <coughs> what's going on with this. Uh, here is the testimony uh, of Mike Morrell. We need some information from you, Tony Blinken. Uh, and here's the importance of the letter, Dr. Paul, because they knew there was going to be a debate between Trump and Biden. It was coming up in a matter of days. This letter allowed Biden to say this when he was cornered by Trump about the laptop. Put up this next one. Now, this is the critical importance. When he was cornered by Trump about the laptop story, because of the letter, Biden could say, look, there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that that what this, uh, what Trump is accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said this has all the characteristics. Four or five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes him except his good friend, Rudy Giuliani. Now, that's the only reason Biden could say that is because of the letter. Of course, we know now that that was all a huge lie, and it was Hunter's laptop indeed. Back to the 50. I think that is confirmation that there's deep corruption in Washington, deep corruption in the CIA. I don't know how many of them were part of the CIA, but if they weren't friendly to the CIA, they weren't going to be asked to sign the letter. It had to be an authority, you know, yeah. understanding all this and the proof positive. And uh, <clears throat> I would, and I think the evidence and the statistics and the investigation shows that the letter played a, a, an important role. People Absolutely. did change their yeah. mind, and uh, people want to believe, and, uh, and and they set the stage, and they were ready for that. They heard the story. Oh, I guess I'll go with Biden or something yeah, like yeah. that. Well, we you know we were also prepared for years that the Russians are everywhere. They're interfering in our elections. They're under our beds. They're stealing our bodily fluids. This is what you're over and over. So when another one goes, oh, that just reaffirms what we thought. You know, Trump is in Biden's, uh, is in Putin's pocket. All a pack of lies. Turn on the next one. Now, this is the same letter that Jordan sent to Tony Blinken, who if I were him in a normal time, I would feel like I'm in hot water. But the letter that Jordan says, subsequent reporting revealed that the New York Post story was not the public, uh, as the public statement claimed, and then Vice President Biden parroted part of a Russian disinformation campaign. This revelation nearly two years later after the fact, however, was little consolation. Of course not, because Biden won the election. Now go to the next one if you can, because this is the important part of the interview of Mike Morrell. So he's being asked by the Judiciary Committee, but prior to Secretary Blinken's call, you, did you have any intention to write this statement? He said, I did not. Question, okay, so his call triggered? It did, yes. 
intent in you? Yes, it did. So it triggered the intent to write it. Now go to the next one. This is him. Also the state. This is also the letter from from uh, from Jordan. Morell further explained that one of his two goals in releasing the statement was to help then Vice President in the debate and to assist him in winning the election. He testified. Now here is uh, Morell who wrote who drafted the letter. What was the intent of the statement? Morell says there were two intents. One intent was to share our concern with the American people that the Russians were playing on the issue. And two, it was to help Vice President Biden. Chairman Jordan, you wanted to help the president. Why? Mike Morrell, because I wanted him to win the election. Chairman Jordan, you wanted him to win. That's why? Mike Morrell, yes, sir. So he did it openly because he wanted to influence the election. You know, it's interesting. They, all, they always should look for motives for why people do bad things. And I think, I don't think he had to look very much further. If, he, if it's proven that this is corruption and evil and broke laws, what was your intent? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I just want him to win, regardless of how we do it, you know. So this, it's, uh, I think it's a revelation. You would think that uh, our side would keep gaining and wake people up. Uh, it's slow, one at a time, ten at a time. But I think, uh, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be ironic that their plan and what they did, what Morrell was doing and Blanken was doing, was a tremendous success. Can you believe what we did? Yeah. We won the election by putting our candidate in the basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won it. But what if it turns out, maybe, uh, maybe fairness takes a while to work and say, what if it turns out that this whole incident, now that it has been exposed, might be the critical point that Trump beats him in the next yeah. election, which is always possible, but yeah. I'm not predicting it. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> and I, I, I just wanted to go on this letter a little bit more before we move on, though, because, so this is the letter, again, this is Jim Jordan telling Blinken, hey, we need some info. Who else did you talk to? What else did you do in the campaign to try to influence this? And this is the part that really gets me, Dr. Paul, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me. This, I think, is the most disgraceful, un-American, disrespectful part of it. This is what Jordan writes to Blinken. Although the statement signatories have an unquestioned right to free speech and free association, which we do not dispute, and this is critical, their reference to their national security credentials lent weight to the story and suggested access to specialized information unavailable to other Americans. That is so critical. Mike Hayden believes it. Clapper believes it. These guys have access to everything. There's no way that I can challenge that. That's exactly why they did it. More proof of there's a deep state there. Our government doesn't represent us. They don't care about the Constitution. And the amazing thing is that, that we get bits and pieces here that really verifies what people have suspected for a long time. You know how much interest I've had in about, uh, you know, what happened in the 60s, yeah. the various assassinations and all. And here, but people just are lackadaisical and go along with it and just think, oh, how could we be safe without, without the CIA, you know, protecting us? I mean, they would probably be invading Washington, D.C. next week if yeah. they didn't have the CIA. Somebody, somebody else invaded it, but it was secret. It was surreptitious and there was a coup and there was a takeover and they didn't even use one tank but there's a lot of control when you think somebody that could can be the president and uh they 
uh, they can't even depend on their security forces. The security, when they turn against the president, and the president has no control over that that uh, group of people, you know that uh, there is a deep state de fully in charge of the government, and that is why you know it's great. I, I, you know, I don't I don't expect miracles that Republicans are in and they're going to balance no, yeah. the budget. But Jim Jordan is an honest person and determined, and he's smart too. And yeah. he got this out, and it's evidence right now, and he won't be stopping. I yeah. think he'll continue and this, uh, wish him well in seeking the truth. Yeah, and I just want to close it out with one thing because we should emphasize we don't know this would change the election if it had been known. There is a very good chance, and there's some evidence to back it up, though again, you don't know. You never know how people are going to behave. There are too many variables, but if you can skip ahead a couple, to the slide that says shock poll. This was taken after it became known that the laptop mm -hmm. was actually true. Shock poll, eight in 10 think Biden laptop cover-up changed election. Now again, that's not evidence that people would have voted differently, but a very, very large majority of people think that it did change things. Here's the Daily Mail with their uh, take on that poll. If you can go to the next one. Uh, exclusive, if only we'd known Three-quarters of survey respondents say voters lacked critical information about Hunter Biden laptop during the 2020 elections, and half would have voted differently. Uh, that's fascinating. And here is that uh, question, and here's a chart of that question, if we can put that up. There's a dramatic representation. Did the FBI and intelligence community deliberately mislead the public when they claimed the laptop was disinformation? This is a base of 501 adults following the story. Again, it's just a poll, but it says something. Overall, 67% said so, but even among Democrats, 53% basically are saying that the deep state had a coup, they misled the public, they passed on disinformation, that the laptop was disinformation. And of course, when you go to Republicans, it's 82%. Uh, but overall, 67%, two-thirds of the American people believe that the deep state played a role in the election by lying to the American people about something that may have changed the result. That's really significant. Well, the group was successful in uh, twisting the truth back then and it made a difference in the election. You mentioned on your opening statement, well, the same group's trying to bury the, this uh, a revelation and telling the truth and do it again. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a test on our journalism. Uh, not so much the good journalism there is it's the test on will the government still remain in control of it because the social media was involved and they still are there's tremendous pressure on there so it's a test on whether our system to continue to work and there haven't been many who have said in the past that if you don't have a free press and good journalism and you don't put them in jail for telling us the truth it's very very difficult to maintain uh, a, an honest society and honest government and right now we're we're in dire straits yeah it's funny you know the u.s holds these democracy summits where they invite all these countries except the ones that aren't towing the line like hungary and they say rah rah we're the great democrats and it turns out biden lecturing the rest of them when he may be in he may be guilty of something, as you say, Matt Taibbi says, kind of sounds a lot worse than Watergate. So, <laughs> well, let's move on now. This is a big story, and we're going to keep covering it. I think this is one of the biggest ones we've covered. Um, but go to the next one, because we also cover this a lot. Now, this is John Sopko. He was a special inspector general for Afghan reconstruction. He's one of the few uh, federal employees, Dr. Paul, who's made a point of telling the truth. He tracked every penny, I think, in Afghanistan 
and showed the absolute depths of the corruption of the billions and billions we kept spending over there. He put it all out on paper, these reports that was commissioned by Congress, I think back in 06, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is the same kind of position that Senator Paul and a few others wanted to have with Ukraine, and they laughed him off the stage for wanting to have some accountability. Well, here's this guy, honest, honest person. He says, you're going to see pilferage of Ukraine aid. John Kop Hop uh, Sopko said, explaining why more oversight on Afghan Ukraine policy is needed, Sopko pointed to the fact that the U.S. has already authorized $113 billion in spending. Quote, he says, that money is flowing like mana from the sky. If you don't get in there soon, you're going to see pilferage. And go to the next one. Here's, he follows up and says some more. He pointed to the fact that USA, this is Mantiwar.com, USAID was overseeing aid that's paying the salaries of Ukrainian government workers. Now, he already saw this before. In Afghanistan, he said the Pentagon directed paying government salaries, but they could never come up with a system to make sure the U.S. wasn't paying the salaries, was paying the salaries of real Afghans. Sopko says, well, have you heard anybody saying, what's the system they have in place to ensure they're not paying ghost Ukrainian civil servants, ghost Ukrainian police, ghost Ukrainian soldiers, he said. He also said USAID has a poor track record on ghosts and on oversight, and added that the State Department is even worse. <laughs> so basically, the only thing we have that we can reassure ourselves is that Ukraine is well known as being a country without any hint of corruption, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, you, you are uh, impressed with his credentials, and they yeah. are in, in, impressive, and he's a rarity in that position. But I thought what, what his one amazing successes was, they, he's been there since 2012. Yeah. How did he last through that? Because we knew a lot of people who had been in that position and they weren't there. Sometimes they get punished for being there <coughs> and telling the truth about what's happening, where the money's going, and what's happening to the weapon. So uh, he, uh, he must be a survivor yeah. <laughs> to be able to do it. Telling the so truth. We wish him well, too. Yeah, well, I mean, we wish we should move him over to Ukraine. And find out what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's when they put their foot down. Well, we don't want the truth. Yeah, we don't want the truth. What, what would happen? So the uh, while we're on Ukraine, though, this is our, our final piece because um, we talk, we've talked about this on the show before. But what we've learned from these so-called leaks and people like Larry Johnson, who's been at our conferences and he will speak again at our conferences, former CIA officer, he doesn't buy this thing. He thinks that this is a controlled leak uh, for damage control in the Biden administration. Whatever you want to look at it. We know now what they're thinking rather than what they're saying. And behind the scenes, they realize that things are not going well. And this big hyped counteroffensive in Ukraine, we know from the leaks, is not going to go well. They don't expect it to go well. Well, what are they doing? Now they're in panic mode. All of these incompetents, people like Blinken, Jake Sullivan, who have no real national security experience. They're just hangers-on who are around uh, Clinton and Obama. And they somehow got these jobs dragging us into war. Put on this next clip because this is from Politico. And it says, this is from today, Biden's team fears the aftermath of a failed Ukrainian counteroffensive. And we know, despite what they said in public, that the counteroffensive is not going as planned. And let's do the next clip if you can, because this will lay it out for you, Dr. Paul. He says the Biden administration is quietly preparing for the possibility that if Ukraine's spring counteroffensive fails, falls short of expectations, critics at home and allies abroad 
will argue that America has come up short too. I think we would argue that America has taken on a massively disastrous policy. All of a sudden, there's going to be a Tet Offensive. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But once again, <clears throat> de defeat sometimes can be identified very early. We know some military people that knew that defeat would be there once once it started. Yeah. And that has been the case. There's others who have talked about defeat uh, in, in the Middle East. And after a while, uh, they finally admit it. And I was thinking, declaring defeat, now, there, now there's hints. They're putting it out there, trying to prepare the people, saying, well, there's going to be a defeat, but we're going to pick up the pieces and we're going to survive. They're already talking about the contracts for rebuilding oh, the yeah. country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that sick? And, uh, but declaring defeat under these circumstances, you know, even in the media now, you have hints and hints that, you know, things aren't going well and they're going to have to admit it. And I got to thinking, you know, do you, when they get in these messes that they shouldn't be in, uh, they waste all this time, money, and lives, and it takes them years and years to do it, uh, to, to make the declaration. And, uh, and the money keeps pouring out, and then they, then they, well, we'll just shift. We we rebuild countries too. Yeah. You know, and they literally use this thing. We can't. There was an argument about the Middle East why we had to go in there because we had to assume some responsibility. Yeah, but yeah, you would. But if you ever paid for all the damage that we have done, uh, you you know, to a country, it'd be a long way. I wonder when we'll. Uh, uh, pay for that pipeline we blew up. Yeah. Oh, uh, you don't want well, to assume they did. They maybe, would. maybe we blew it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't do such a thing, would they? <laughs> well, here's the um, here's the next one. Here's what the a secret tops a top secret assessment from early February stated that Ukraine would fall well short of its counteroffensive goals. That's what I was mentioning earlier. We knew that they were going to fall short. More current American assessments are that Ukraine may make some progress in the south and east but won't be able to repeat last year's successes. Uh, and here's from the same article in Politico. Uh, moreover, if we can put that next one up, please. There we go, thanks. Moreover, U.S. intelligence indicates that Ukraine simply does not have the ability to push Russian troops from where they're deeply entrenched. And a similar feeling has taken hold about the battlefield elsewhere in Ukraine, according to officials. And here's the reason I did this clip. Ukrainian President Zelensky says, the U.S. hasn't adequately armed his forces properly. So until then, the counteroffensive can't bend. So it's all our fault, Dr. Paul. We're the reason they can't take this back. We simply haven't. That $100 billion, of which I think half is probably in his bank account, that's just not enough. We need to give more, send more money, send more weapons. Otherwise, it's your fault that the Russians are winning. But, uh, there's more than Zelensky. He's a spokesman for a lot of people who want yeah. to go on, even like our military industrial complex. They wanted to continue and uh, they, they, they claim that uh, it's always not enough weapons and not enough money and not, a lot, not enough people have been killed yet. And, but that's exactly what they said in Vietnam. I, uh, you know, worked in the Congress a little bit, yeah. or at least I spent some time there, and I would talk to people who, who were hawkish in a quiet conversation, yeah, Ron, maybe you have a point there, but you know what? We really just surrendered too soon. If we have only spent more money and more weapons, they didn't say kill more people yeah. on both sides. They didn't say that, but that's... Uh, this is sort of the preparations. There will be a, a defeat, uh, but uh, it's the fact that we didn't fight it full all the way out and drop 17 
nuclear weapons on Ukraine, you know, <clears throat> they'll find another excuse. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we move on, Dr. Paul, I do want to again mention our sponsor. That's 4 America's aging power grid is at risk. Uh, they've identified just three substations that if they're hit, we could be out of power for up to 18 months, 18 months without electricity. It would be hard to imagine such a thing. Um, there could be an attack, and there could just be the fact that these, these things are aging and they're not taken care of well. And that's why having a solar power generator is more important than ever. Now, these are not whole house generators. These are generators that you don't need gas to operate. They simply use the power of the sun to keep some basic things up and running. Your refrigerator, your medical devices, keep your telephone charged so you can keep in touch and find out what's going on. And that's something that you need, especially in a long period of having no power. The great folks at 4 will give you 10% off your first order if you text, if you enter RON into the code. That will give you 10% off on the Patriot Power Generator and all the other great products at 4 I will put a link in the description of the show. Check out what the folks over at 4 have on order. And remember, as always, all orders $97 and above will be sent to you without shipping charge. Put in RON on the code to get 10% off your first order for Patriots.com. And Dr. Paul, I'm going to finish the show by saying I'm glad to be back in the studio. It's very hard to do the show remotely, as I'm sure you know. It's hard to concentrate. We put a lot of work into it. And we appreciate our viewers who were patient with, uh, let's put it this way, a less than attractive studio from where I was. But I do want to remind you we're back on track and put that last clip up uh, that we will have a conference. I mean, everything that's coming up in the news makes it more and more important that we're going to get together and have great speakers. If you can put that last clip up, please. They lie. <laughs> every, time, <laughs> every day this gets more relevant. Nihilism in the war on truth. I can't think of anything more nihilistic than the intelligence community overthrowing elections in the U.S. It's bad enough they do it in Guatemala or wherever. So anyway, I will put a link to where you can get more information on our Houston conference, June 3rd. Great speakers. The topic is going to be ripped from the headlines. We're going to hear some great stuff and get together and meet each other. Dr. Paul, back over to you. Very good. I, I was just thinking as you were saying that about lying. Um, what if, what if they come around to believing and understanding that if they, in Washington, if they, or anybody that takes a position that uh, bends or ignores the Constitution? And uh, so what if all those votes are lying? Boy, there's a lot of guilt that all go around there. But you know what? That's not difficult. What I found out they do in Washington, they just change. They can change the definition and the explanation and what the Constitution said. Oh, they, they believe they're strict constitutionalists because it's a living document and you can't be overly rigid with the Constitution. So, but they never, they have no guilt. Uh, they, they, uh, they, they do not uh, uh, even think about whether it's right or wrong. It's what is best political. I think of today I'd like to make the exception for Jim Jordan because I think he, he ha is in the right track and I'm glad he's in that position where he's going to pursue the truth and, and I think we can rely on what he finds. But it's, uh, it's been, uh, been great uh, that we got through this week. And Daniel, I do want to mention uh, Chris, uh, Chris Rosini, yeah. who's way off in 
New Jersey someplace. New Jersey. I hope he doesn't <laughs> doesn't uh, get upset about us telling you where he lives. Uh -oh. But I know uh, Chris has been with us from the beginning, and he's a jack of all trades. Whatever we need him to do. So hate to tell you, Daniel, he filled in a little bit for you, and he did a good job. And we want to thank him. And and uh, he comes to our conferences and participates. So maybe people will uh, meet the whole staff there. He'll get mopped. He does a great job. <laughs> but I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Please come back soon.